Hi there, my name's Jane Anderson and this is the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. It's the podcast for experts who want to have greater impact, influence and income for their businesses and careers. As experts, we know that people buy from people and work with people who they know, who they like and who they trust. So I'm so glad you're here because it's that time again now to really amplify how you show up in the world. So I want to welcome today our very special guest. She's an expert in user experience, data analytics. She's a strategist and she is the author of How to Build a Digital Revolution. It's personal. Um, So she works at the intersection of business and technology. So she's had an incredibly deep experience in user research and public policy evaluation. And she works with really forward-thinking public and private sector organisations and also the individuals within them. And she is on her mission to create um, digital evolutions so that businesses perform far more efficiently, far more effectively and are far more humanised. Um, Emily's clients includes departments like um, uh, Department of Communities, Child Safety and Disability Services, uh, Queensland Department of Premier and Cabinet, Blue Chip Communication Organisations um, and, uh, oh, sorry, Blue Chip Communication and Parity Consulting. Um, and because of this pace of our digitally transforming world, Emily is really one of those um, people who is a voice of reason. Uh, so she runs uh, workshops to help her clients deliver innovative services to citizens and corporate stakeholders and making sure the productivity still works as well. So she really challenges her clients to meaningfully reach out to people, in uh, more people in ways that engage them. So she's an in-demand speaker. Her keynotes and workshops blend real-world insight with contemporary research on user experience, open data, and the dangers of implementing technology in a strategy vacuum. And uh, so welcome today, the amazing Emily Vestage. Thanks. Few <laughs> applause. Yeah, Thank you. <laughs> we've got the crowd here in the background. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the uh, podcast today and the brand new show. You have just got so much depth to you, and um, I and so I'm I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you. It's it's nice to hear you say depth because until recently I thought it was a bit kind of manic and a bit. Right. <laughs> I, I would always like to have been able to say to people, yep, I'm a nurse. You know, wouldn't yeah. that be easy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and it's not – sometimes we don't always give ourselves the, the credit too, you know, because you've been doing something for such a long time. It just is such a core part of who you are and your identity that it's not till you consciously realise, oh, yeah, I do know a bit of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that, and then you're starting to articulate it that you realise, wow, yeah, yeah. The is there. It could be depth, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it could be. <laughs> So, Emily, I'd love for you to tell us a bit about the type of business that you have and, you know, I talked a little bit about the people you help, but I'd love to know a bit more from um, from you, how you help them um, and what do you do and, uh, yeah, the type of people you help and how do you help them? Sure. Well, I think at my core I'm a, a straddlist, a strategist. <laughs> I'm see. I'm I'm all about efficiency. I've just combined two words: strategist and an analyst. Um, and I'm I'm working with, as you said in your intro, I'm working with forward-thinking businesses to help transform the business, like to shift it from analog to digital. 
Um, and I'm really passionate about making sure that transformation happens in a meaningful and intelligent way um, because we know that you use the, the one of my favourite phrases, the strategy vacuum, and I think that's one of the biggest issues that I'm facing at the moment with, with my clients or at least that they're facing and I'm working with them on is, you know, because, as you said, digital does move so fast, I think there's this real kind of pressure for businesses to be going, oh, my God, we'll just buy this. Yeah. Um, and, and whack it onto our business and then we'll be digitally transformed um, and we'll be sweet. And and I think, uh, you know, technology happens fast but transformation doesn't. Yeah. Um, and in, in many ways uh, that's a bit of a... <laughs> that's a bit of a bugger because I th I think, you know, there can be a tendency to go, well, yeah, we'll just, we'll just do this fast. And like I said, get our problems, our digital problems solved. And, and my message is that it, it actually takes obsessive focus on three things. It takes obsessive focus on truth, touch and tools. And the truth part is it takes focus on strategy. So you have to know where, where you're going in order to be able to get there. Um, and, and so I work with businesses and organizations to be able to say, what is your actual strategy? You know, um, what do you want your business to look like in five years? What goals do you want to be kicking in five years? And then from that, let's work backwards and go, what's your business going to need to look like in order to be kicking those goals? And then, and only then, okay, so maybe technology, how could we use technology in a way that will help you become more efficient or more engaging or more relevant to help you kick those goals? So that's that's the truth aspect. And then there's also um, the, the touch aspect, which which is people, and, and that's people inside organisations and people outside. So users, consumers, customers, clients, whatever you want to call them, uh, are the people who are driving this, this digital transformation because, you know, you and I, you know, in our personal lives, like, right, for example, this morning I... I bought a pair of boots from the Iconic um, and this, <laughs> while I was waiting for my friend to join me to go for a run. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that website is amazing because it's so fast and yeah. it's available and my boots will be here tomorrow and if they're crappy, I'll send them back and it won't cost me anything. <laughs> and so that's the, level of, that's the level of service that users expect. Like um, I think the statistic is that if a website doesn't load within two to four seconds, mm. then people just are bumped off it. And they, so, so that's, so I, I come at the, the touch aspect from, from what users expect and, and working with organisations to build deeply engaging user experiences that are connected. Right. I like to say that they're fast, frictionless, fearless. <laughs> um, and, and, so that's so that's the external um, touch element, but there's also the internal touch element as well. So how how do you empower your people um, within your organisation to actually work in this really fast paced world, which is challenging? And you know, some people love to be challenged, and other people don't. So yes. digital transformation is actually organisational change, as far as I'm concerned, on the on the the internal perspective. And then there's the tools element as well, and that's like you said before in your intro. I like to call myself a little bit of a voice of reason because. I, I hope that I impart on my clients this, this very real understanding that technology is just a tool, data is just a tool and it's, you know, it's only humans and maybe a few robots who actually know how to use <laughs> these tools to affect, you know, the efficiency, the growth, the relevance piece. Right. Um, so, yeah, broadly it's, it's truth, touch and tools that I work with people, um, organisations on um, 
and in a various number of ways. You know, I run workshops and um, and I do speaking, etc. And that makes just so much sense. But like, you know, for someone, you know, if they're not necessarily in that whole digital world, and it just, you know, because you work with really big pieces of work like, mm. that affect a lot of people. Yeah. And when you break it down to those three areas: the tools, uh, the touch. And um, and the truth, yeah, that just makes so much sense to me, and that just makes mm. it so much easier to understand. Mm. Um, so you've made the the move yourself, and a bit of a starting to go through your own transformation, and you know that's kind of the nice thing. We get to go a little bit under the hood with yeah. uh, people's businesses uh, on the show. So um, so you've had your business, uh, as in uh, Dr Emily which has been um, a more recent setup, but you've come from another business, yeah? Yeah, I've come from a couple of businesses actually. So right. my my journey to where I am now kind of started in research academia and then it went via the private sector to my own business. Right. Um, so I've worked for other people and I've worked for myself, but even most recently when I've worked for myself, the, the two most recent instances of working for myself, I've been hidden underneath a brand. Mm. Um and it's, it's only since kind of um, uh, starting this kind of journey towards thought leadership practice that I have been brave enough. <laughs> Let's face it, that's what it is, brave mm. enough to, to put myself forward as Dr. Emily Verstich. Um, and even, you know, that's – and the, the decision to, to do that um, – was was finally starting to understand this positioning piece and also starting to understand, as you said, the depth that I do have and the experience that I bring. And, yeah, so it's been a bit of an evolution. And it's interesting particularly, uh, I think, um, from not just a branding perspective but coming out of academia because, um, you know, I do a little bit of work with academia and research institutes and things like that and for, for those who have you know, got doctor as part of their their branding. If they're if they're not necessarily in corporate sector, it, it, there's. Um, I think when I'm talking to them, sometimes they feel like I have to go and be the Dr. Carls of the world, mm. and um, you know, be all over the media to really make that commercial shift. But it's not necessarily the case. Do you find that yeah. sometimes when you're talking? to people but you know you're if you've got a bit more connection perhaps with academia do you find that at all um i guess i do and i don't i mean i th i think i think the doctor is is kind of an automatic um positioning piece mm. you know just by virtue of what it is because it's not something that everybody is or does no. um and and the way that it's viewed i think is very different in the corporate sector and in the um in, in the in, in the research academia kind of sector, I mean, one of the things that that I've really kind of learnt now, having my own business that's branded as as me, mm. is that you have to be a bit of a rock star, yeah. and you know you have to be comfortable, and 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 again, it's something you have to work towards, and something that you, you know I'm sure you are still working on it, and mm. I know that very definitely I am working on, is being comfortable with you know getting getting your Mick Jagger swagger on and being you know <laughs> up there in the spotlight. That's not something that kind of comes overnight. And nice. I remember when I was, um, I'd started my postdoc and I was going with some of my colleagues to um, an international conference and somebody said to me at the start of the day, you know, who are you going to, what are you going to go and see today? And I said, oh, I'm going to go and see Dr. X, whoever it was. Mm -hmm. 
And this person was, their, their reaction just kind of shocked me. Oh. And they, they said, um, oh, God, he's all hot air. And I was like, well, no, because he leads a really big, you know, cooperative research centre and he's got a ridiculous number of, you know, publications in science and nature. So clearly um, <laughs> he's got a bit of substance to him. And, <laughs> and, and, and the more I thought, like I still went to the presentation, but, I, you know, I felt quite deflated. And I think wow. the... the that that reaction, as I analysed it more, is is uh, in my opinion can be quite common within research academia, and it's almost like the people who are up there on the stage and who have this gift of being eloquent and elegant mm. um, and engaging when they're talking about their scientific research. Of course, they're going to attract media attention because. <laughs> I would much rather listen to someone who can tell me a story yeah. than someone who's talking to me about statistics I don't understand. And even if the person on the stage is talking to me about statistics, I'm going to want to listen because they can do it in a way that engages me. Yes. And, and so I, I think that there is almost, at least in my history, there, is, there was that, that real kind of bitterness and, and almost like, yeah, people were disparaging about rock stars right. because they had no substance. And for me, that was a real kind of, you know, limiting belief that I had to move past in order to be able to um, to use my name.com and to add the doctor bit in there. Mm. So if I'm going to stand up and talk about myself, then I, I actually, you know, it's it doesn't mean that I don't have any substance. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think to, you know, I mean, even now, like on the podcast, it's a, this is a very verbal thing, but if, you know, for those who are listening, you have got to go to Emily's new website. It's going to, it, by the time this goes to a broadcast, it will be up. <laughs> and, um, but um, if you have a look at Emily and her, um, uh, you know, all her visuals and just how she is in, in person, Emily is, you, you and I go, oh, she's such a rock star. Like I look at, <laughs> and, and it's, it's having that, um, conviction, but also, so, you know, it's still the authenticity and it's not mm. you saying, you know, I, I'm so good. Um, it's, it's, it's still having enough conviction that you go, I'm okay. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I can make it engaging for you and I can make it, you know, in a way that you'll understand it. Yeah, totally. So what what have been the benefits that you've noticed uh, so far with having moved over to yourname.com? People know me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And, you know, one of the big struggles that I, yeah, one of the big struggles that I've had um, has been, so for the past 10 years um, before I started my own business, I've been doing that for the last kind of couple of years. The, the 10 years prior to that, I was working as a consultant for um, a medium-sized consulting firm based in um, New South Wales. Right. And and all my clients there were the business's clients. And I suddenly realised when I, I went out on my own and I was putting myself forward, you know, on a tender panel and they were asking for referees. And I went, oh, crap. I don't actually have people who can vouch for my work. I have people who can vouch for work that I did while I was branded under somebody else's brand. And I realised that I'd, I hadn't lost that experience, that, you know, of course not, mm. uh, the, the, the 10 years' worth of experience I hadn't been taken from me. But my positioning, well, I was starting from ground zero because yes. I, didn't, I didn't have that brand behind me. Right. Um, and so the past couple of years has really been about you know, stepping into my own, you know, rock stardom yes. and, and putting myself forward. And people are starting to know me. It's not like they're asking me for autographs on the street, but, you know, um, that'll come. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no, yeah, um, it will. 
but but yeah, people 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 know me, or they say I've read something that you've written, or you know, um, yeah, I'm recognisable. And so, what does that actually mean? Because I, you know, I, I guess for me, what I what I found is when you're recognised, or you walk in a room, or you attend a meeting, the um, I find that the, the conversation moves a bit quicker, yep. and I'm able to sort of get them to where they need to be, but. Um, has that been something that you've noticed as a result of that shift over to your personal brand when it, you attend events or meetings or whatever it might be? Yeah, it's starting to be. And, right. um, and one of the things that I really notice um, is that people already know a little bit about what I stand for. They know about how I work. They know what I think on a range of topics because, um, for me, one of my big lead generation tools is, you'd be unsurprised, um, Jane, it's LinkedIn. <laughs> yep. um, and and so people have already gone, yeah, yeah, I checked out your profile on LinkedIn and I know that you did this. Like, for instance, yesterday I got um, I got engaged to be the MC of a, of a conference up here in, in Queensland. Mm-hmm. And the woman came to me and she said, oh, look, you're going to be perfect because you're blah, blah, blah and blah. I went, oh, jeez, how did you know that about me? <laughs> and she said, well, I just went to your LinkedIn profile, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, someone you and I both know, Jane Dermot Crowley, yeah. I remember him talking about um, when he wrote his first book, he mm. said, all of a sudden I'm walking into meetings and people have got my book <laughs> and it's highlighted and it's sticky <laughs> notes. And, you know, I basically, you know, I have one conversation instead of 10 conversations yeah. to get people across the line or, you know, it takes me 10 minutes instead of 10 hours to get people yeah. across the line um, because they already know what I stand for and they, they know that that's, that connects with them and they want a bit of that. So I'm yes. not there I'm not there yet. Um, but yeah, that that traction is definitely starting to happen. Yeah, fantastic. So um, were there any other particular challenges that you've faced making that shift over? I think I, I really think that most of that is is believing it, it sounds so fluffy, yeah. but you know, believing that it was okay for me to be me Um, and I mean there's a lot of security and safety that kind of comes from being attached to a brand and you know you look you know um, as multiplicity I'm like well you know I look like a business don't I (laughs) yeah if if someone makes a mistake it was multiplicity it wasn't me who made the mistake so I think I think it's yeah just I mean it's a legitimate fear because I think you know it's not if if you make yeah, like I said, if if you make a mistake or yeah. if you kind of misrepresent yourself, it's yes. not it's not a brand that can be kind of shelved and moved on to something else. It's you. <laughs> it is the very essence of you yeah. that is being judged and um and quite rightly so. So yeah. And I think one of the things that I love about you is that is just your realness, you know, like, so if, when I look at what you do, which I go, oh, that's just such a whole big world. I have <laughs> no idea how that world works. But what I love about you is that you've got this beautiful um, humour about you, this self-deprecating, <laughs> funny um, warmth, combine that with rock star. Um, <laughs> and I... To me, that's it's you know when I go if I look if I look at digital transformation and I look at who talks on about tra- digital transformation and who has the expertise in that I go 
Yeah, I reckon I'd want to hear Emily's version of that (laughs) because Emily will make it really interesting. I love who she is. She'll make it funny. She'll help me understand it in a way that's in in, through the lens that Emily sees the world and the way that you make it different, um, you know, and – in terms of like your personality is a really big part of who you are, particularly because it comes through in your writing. Mm. Is that something you also just had to, because you're not behind that brand, a different brand, now it's Emily. Yeah. Um, was that something that you kind of had to get kind of used to was just even just getting used to you in yeah. a way? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, it took me a really long time to actually – start blogging I can remember one of my mentors uh, Janine Garner saying to me just start just start just write something I was like no 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 I don't feel like everything I write just feels it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel authentic it doesn't feel like me and I think that's because and I I shared one of my original kind of blog posts with Janine and she came back she's going this is not like an essay (laughs) I'm not going to go and check your references Emily you know just step back a little bit um, and she, she was right. And I, I think I, you know, I, my automatic tendency is to research the, the crap out of something when yes. I'm, when I'm uncertain, I'm like, I'll just do a bit more research. <laughs> um, and yeah, she kind of really shunted me, um, shunted me forward with those comments. Um, and, but I, but I think, um, yeah, just finding that authentic style mm. came with that, as I, as I keep saying, it's all, it, this entire transition for me is um, positioning trend, um, journey has mm. has been an evolution um, and the more I got clear on what it was that I was passionate about and the more I got clear on what it was that I wanted to do and then and only then did the authenticity I think kind of come mm. out in everything that I do. Right. Yeah. I, it's just so inspiring to watch. I uh-huh. think, um, uh, and I think you're an inspiration too, particularly f- for people. I think because of the the work I do with uh, with academia yep. is that here's what this can look like if you're making that transition too. That you get to be your fully self expressed, but you're not dumbing down your work. Yeah. You you're bringing it to life in a way that's relevant for. Yep your clients to understand it. Yeah, yeah. And and that's that's a real area of passion of mine is mentoring mentoring with um, women and men um, who are in that science, technology, engineering and maths kind of disciplines, health, um, and and who are either contemplating moving from academia into corporate or working for themselves. and, and also, or, 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 you know, sometimes even people who are contemplating staying where they are right. to identify their skills and how they, can, how they can position themselves, you know, if they stay in academia or equally to identify their skills as research academics and how, the, you know, the currency of those skills beyond research academia. Mm. Oh. Um, and I think that's a really kind of interesting space I love I love that because for yes. me that I mean that that journey I've talked about it quite flippantly but it was a real it hurt yeah. a lot to to kind of make that that journey out of research um and and into the private sector so yeah it's another area of passion wow so just on that then um if someone was considering doing that and building their business under their name.com um what what advice would you have for them 
I think do it soon. Yes. <laughs> you know, I look back and think, gee, uh, you know, I wish I, I wish I had, um, I wish I had done it sooner. Right. Um, you know, the, the, I guess the flip side of that is you have to be ready for it. But, um, you know, so do the work, do the work, do the work on working out what you stand for and what it is that you want to do because as soon as you do that, then the authenticity piece comes and then you start going, you know what, I don't give a rat, so I'm just going to do it anyway. <laughs> and um, I think that's great advice and it's wonderful to hear it from, from you who's, who has made that that jump so it's very courageous and a very brave and bold thing to do um and but the work that you've done through academia has a huge impact mm. on the planet and now you get to make that ripple yeah. out there so tell us what are your plans for the next 12 to 18 months well i'm pretty excited um yeah. there's like kind of lots of things on the boil um but I'm about to release a new product in the next quarter called Unlocked. Right. Um, and, and that's for people who are kind of drowning, <laughs> not, right. not, not waving with, with the amount of data that they've got. I mean, in my conversations with people as I've been talking about digital transformation, I realise that, um, you know, just by breathing in this world, right, we, we create data. I think it's five exabytes of data that's generated every day. Really? Which is... <laughs> one billion billion bytes if you're not down with your byte hierarchies it's basically a, a shared load of data and mm. and what what i'm finding and what the people i'm working with are finding is that actually much of that data is meaningless or it's you know it's inaccessible or it's incomplete mm -hmm. and that's a real that's a real shame and a loss um yes to the organisation because that, that's, that's value that's locked up yes. um, and value that you're not being able to extract um, within your organisation. So this, this product is, is perfect for people who feel like they should be able to answer, you know, questions that their board's asking but can't or, you know, they feel like they, they, they get a really good sense of, you know, what their clients want but they haven't got the data to back it up. Right. Um, so, yeah, the, this, this product is about helping people map the existing data or perhaps the data gaps, identifying issues with data and a plan to move forward and, and remedy that so that they can, you know, um, support their business's overall strategic direction right. through, through, through clean, lovely data. Mm. Yeah, lovely data. <laughs> my, PhD, my PhD supervisor used to say to me, Emily, happiness is a big, clean data set. So he was right about a lot of things, but yeah. Um, and so if people want to work with you on that or find out more about you and you've got your book coming out shortly, you, you're just uh, you know, on fire and you've got yes. so much stuff coming. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Um, LinkedIn, um, yes. Dr. Emily Verstage. Um, and also, as you said, by the time this podcast goes live, um, we'll have to make sure we release an advanced version of this to, to my website design crew. But, um, <laughs> by the time this podcast goes live, I will have a website branded as dremilyverstage.com. Great. And we spell your surname V-E-R-S-T-E-G-E, -E, yes? Yeah, you do. Yeah, awesome. Okay, well, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been such a pleasure to have you. So um, 
uh, gracious of you to allow us to kind of go under the hood a bit and understand a little bit about the transition that you've made. Um, there's lots of people out there who want to make that move and, um, and um, uh, you know, there's a lot of fear mm-hmm. um, and accountability that comes with all that and mortgages and all yeah. those things, got kids yep. in schools. Got one of them, yep. yep. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's been wonderful to have you because your perspective is, is unique and there are people out there who are, um, you know, you said, have created inspiration for people who are listening going well if she can do that I can do that so um so thank you so much for your time and um and we might have you back and hear about um the adventures that you've got (laughs) happening in the future yes totally all right thanks Emily thanks Jane